Welcome to the Soul Urge Podcast, a show for women who are fed up with listening to conventional wisdom that's just not working. Instead, you're ready to listen to your own inner voice and step more deeply toward what you really want. I'm your host, Certified Life Coach Jennifer Hooper. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to the Soul Urge Podcast. Today, we are going to be diving into six key steps to achieving a goal. And I'm going to wager that you've never heard these steps before, or at least not all of them. And I'm also going to give you three tips to avoid when you're setting those goals. A lot of times we make mistakes. They're very common. And I want to give you a heads up as to how to avoid those. And let's face it, we all have goals, right? We set goals throughout our entire lives. And sometimes it's at the beginning of the year, like a New Year's resolution, but it doesn't have to be. Of course, we have goals throughout the year as well. Maybe professional, like advancing your career or making a career change or relocating to a new city. Or maybe you have a personal goal, like losing weight, paying off debt, hiking the Appalachian Trail. We set goals all the time. And what I want to cover today is why do we achieve some goals and not others? What I'm going to cover are the six steps that will help you define your goal. And by the end, you are going to know how to create your goals in a whole new way. I hope you're ready because we're jumping right in. Key number one, you want to state your goal in a positive way and in the present tense, as if it has already done, as if you've already achieved it. So for example, if you have a weight loss goal, you want to state the goal in the outcome that you want. I weigh 150 pounds. You don't want to state it in a negative way, which would be, I don't want to weigh 175 pounds anymore. And I can't tell you how many times I used to say these kinds of things. When I graduated from college, I did weigh 175 pounds and I was miserable. And all I could focus on was what I didn't want. I didn't want my pants to feel tight. I didn't want to be the size that I was. I didn't want to be considered fat by myself or my peers. And the problem with this type of goal setting when you set in the negative is that your brain can't process the negative. So all it can hear are tight pants, this size and fat. And because this is what it's hearing and this is what it's processing, it's going to try to achieve those goals. It's going to try to achieve what it hears, tight pants, this size and fat. So that's why you want to set your goal in the affirmative. I weigh 150 pounds. Other examples would be, I walk the Camino de Santiago. That's a 500 mile through hike in Spain that I want to achieve someday. And so again, you want to state it in the positive. And in the present tense too, like I walk the Camino, I walk it. Not I'm going to or I will. Other examples could be, I am vice president, or I buy a house. 
So again, don't focus on what you don't want, focus on what you do want. And that will trigger your brain to go find solutions and opportunities to go after the goal. Key number two, you want to associate a date with your goal. You want to have a by when. This triggers your brain to go looking for ways to achieve this goal. It's like, okay, I know this is happening, so what do I need to do to take action and to pursue some steps to achieving the goal? If you don't set a date, then you're not going to be very motivated or your brain isn't going to be motivated. It's just going to know, oh, someday, someday it's going to happen and it's going to stay very open-ended, very undefined. So again, here are some examples. I weigh 150 pounds on December 31st, 2022. I earn $10,000 in my business by June 30th, 2022. I hike the El Camino in September of 2023. I hope you can understand, I hope you're following how important it is to set the date in the present tense and also to associate a date as to when that goal is accomplished. Very, very important. Key number three, you want to specify very clearly and very specifically how you'll know when you have achieved the goal, how you know when you have it. It's the evidence that you need to see. So this means getting really specific about what that goal looks like, what it sounds like, or what it feels like when you have it. So you can do this in your mind's eye using your imagination. You could create a vision board if you're a visual person, or you could use pen and paper where you write down all the details of what this goal looks like when it is complete. We are all wired a little bit differently. Some of us are visual people. Some of us are auditory people. Some of us feel things. Some of us just know things in the world. So just ask yourself, which one are you? And then leverage your strength so that you can step into that picture of having achieved your goal or step into the sounds or the feelings of that goal anytime you want. So for example, maybe when you know you've achieved your weight loss goal, you're stepping on the scale in your bathroom and you see the tile floor and you see the fixtures and you're hearing your kids out in the living room doing their thing and you can smell coffee being brewed in the kitchen. Like you want to invoke as many as your senses as possible. Or let's say you want a new job. Maybe it's getting that offer letter in an email. Maybe you're in your office at home and you read it and you see that the salary is even more than you expected and you stand up and you jump up and down and you scream, right? That's an example of specifying the outcome. Or let's say you're buying a house and you receive a signed purchase and sale agreement from all parties and you and your spouse or your partner are celebrating and you're so excited and you have that feeling of, oh my gosh, this is happening. That's what I mean by specify 
the outcome. And you want to make it as compelling and juicy and exciting as possible. What is the best version of what it's like to achieve this goal? Who are you with? Where are you? What do you see, hear, and smell? Again, you want to utilize all of the senses that you can. So for me, I have a revenue goal for April of 2022. I've had this goal for six months. And the way I know that I've accomplished it is that I am out to dinner celebrating with my husband. And we are at our favorite restaurant and we each have a glass of wine and we are toasting my accomplishment. And we're very excited and happy and I feel so proud So that is how specific my vision of my outcome is. That is how I know that I'm going to have it. It's my evidence, my evidence procedure. You might be wondering why this step is important. And I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one, when you can get very specific about your outcome and see it in your mind's eye or feel it in your body, your vibration is going to go up when you see it, feel it, hear it, trust it, know it. And why is a good vibration or a higher vibration good? Number one, it feels good. It just feels good in your body. And number two, you will attract more of what you want in your life when you have that high vibration. And it gives your brain a problem to solve quote, problem. It's not a problem, right? To have a goal, but it triggers your brain to go achieve the goal because your brain loves to solve problems. And all of a sudden, when it knows what it's solving, it is going to go seek answers. It is going to find opportunities. It is going to download inspired action steps for you to take so that you can achieve your goal or at least take one step towards your goal. That's all you have to do, right? Is take one step at a time, one inspired action step at a time. You don't have to know how to do an entire, you don't have to know all the steps required to achieve a goal before you start. You only really have to know one at a time. It's like you take an action, You stop, you evaluate, you look around, you say, okay, what worked about that? What didn't work about? What am I going to do differently? And then you evaluate and you keep your end goal in mind. And then before you know it, you have a second inspired action step and then a third and then a fourth. And before you know it, one step at a time, you are going to become a match to that specific outcome that you planned for. Key number four, you're going to use your imagination to rehearse that outcome over and over and over. Close your eyes, go out into the future, go out to that specific date that you set, the date that you specified when your goal is complete. And very similar to step three, specifying the outcome, this step is like that, except it's a rehearsal over and over and over. I like to do this daily. I have a daily practice of tapping into my goal. So I mentioned I have a six-month revenue goal every day. Well, I can't say every day. If I'm being honest, it's at least four or five times a week. 
I get very specific about the outcome that I want, both in terms of the revenue and in terms of the celebration. And I just go out to that future date in my mind's eye and I see it. I feel it. I know it. I know it's happening because it's not enough to just decide what that outcome looks like once. It's really important to tap into it again and again and again. And the really cool thing is the more you tap into it, the more you see that picture or feel those feelings or know those knowings, the juicier it gets, the more details you're going to pull in. Maybe add some music, maybe add some lighting, maybe add who the waitress is. These are all details that I bring into my picture. And the juicier the outcome is, again, the more likely the brain is going to go find the answers to make that actually happen. Key number five, you're going to identify the resources that you need to achieve this goal. For example, if you have a weight loss goal, maybe you need a gym membership, or maybe you need new sneakers or workout clothes. If you're going to hike the El Camino, maybe you need cash for travel to get to Spain. Maybe you need to buy a lightweight backpack. Maybe you need to get your passport. If you're doing something career-oriented, maybe you need to update your resume, buy a suit, or update your LinkedIn profile. It's important to identify the resources because these resources become your very next action steps. Okay, maybe you're wondering, what do you mean by inspired action step? What is that? An inspired action step is an idea that pops into your head, or it's an opportunity that presents itself for you that you get excited about and follow through on. Sometimes inspired action steps make no sense. They don't make any sense to you, definitely don't make sense to other people, but it feels so aligned with you that you can't not do it. Here's an example, a short example from my own life. Like I said, I have a revenue goal and I recently got inspired to reach out to an old colleague, not necessarily related to the revenue goal, just she popped into my head. So I decided to pick up the phone and give her a call. I followed up on the inspiration of reaching out to her. And then through that conversation with her, we realized that we could help each other out. So what we did was we've created a joint venture opportunity that is going to generate revenue for both of us. That's what I mean by an inspired action step. I wasn't controlling the outcome of this conversation. Just this person popped into my mind. I reached out to her. We had a conversation. One step led to another. And I, well, she and I co-created a revenue opportunity because my brain knew or knows what my goal is and it is presenting me with inspiration, with inspired action steps to take to get me closer. Before we continue, I want to recap these six steps. Number one, you want to state your goal using a positive statement and in the present tense. For example, I am 150 pounds. Number two, you want to add a date. You want to specify by when the goal will be complete. I am 150 pounds on December 31st, 2022. Number three, you're going to get very clear about the outcome. You're going to 
specify with all of your senses what it looks like, sounds like, feels like. Any detail that you can bring in, you want to paint the picture of what that looks like. This is creating your evidence procedure. Number four, you're going to use your imagination and rehearse the outcome in your mind over and over. You're going to tap into your emotions, the sounds, the senses. You're going to go out into the future and see that date. You're going to do this multiple times a week just to get clearer and clearer and clearer. Number five, you're going to identify the resources that you need to achieve your goal. These resources becomes your roadmap, the immediate next steps to take to achieve your goal. And number six, you're going to allow for inspiration and you're going to take action. Just one micro action at a time. One step after another will get you to your goal. Now, before we wrap up this episode, I want to give you three common pitfalls or three common mistakes that people make that I want you to avoid. Number one, you cannot set goals for other people. Your goal must be about you. So you can't set a goal of having your teenager lose 20 pounds or having your spouse or your partner get a promotion. In fact, I used to have a goal for both my daughters that they get a higher education after high school. And for me, that meant that they would go to college. Well, they have found other ways to get a higher education that has not involved college, at least not yet. One is traveling around the country, making art, creating murals. She's an artist for hire. You can't tell me that's not an education. <laughs> My other daughter is a sous chef for a restaurant. Again, getting lots and lots of education but not in the way that I specified because you cannot set goals for other people. Number two, you want to avoid specifying in great detail how your goal gets accomplished. So for example, if you want to lose weight, I don't want you to get so specific as to say, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week, cut out all carbs and never drink again. Here's why that's a problem. If you create a very rigid plan for your outcome, then you are basically setting yourself up for failure. Because what if you go to the gym two times a week, but you go on a walk two times a week? Have you failed because you didn't go to the gym three times? Or if you go out for your BFF's birthday and to celebrate, you share a glass of wine or you have your own glass of wine, but you go out and you celebrate together. Have you failed? Or let's say you want to make $30,000 in your business in six months, but you think you're going to make $5,000 a month at a time. What if you make $2,000 in one month and then $10,000 another, and then $6,000, $4,000, dollars $3,000 over those six months time? You've made $30,000. You've made the goal, the six-month goal, but if you're looking at it on a month-to-month -month basis as to like $5,000 a month every month and you don't do it, it's real easy to jump into despair and believe that your goal is never going to happen because you just didn't make it. Instead, you want to allow room for inspired action. We've talked about that. 
as well as unexpected circumstances and quote coincidences coming from out of nowhere. Another reason why it becomes a problem to get very specific about the how is that you literally are shutting down thousands or maybe millions of possible ways that a goal can be achieved if you're only looking at one way. Let's say you are expecting to get a promotion to VP in your organization and that's what you're so hyper-focused on. What if one of your high school buddies calls you out of the blue and says there's an opening for a VP at her company and she knows that you're going to be the perfect fit and you set up that interview and you go and you get the job. If you're so hyper-focused on getting the VP job at your current organization, you're going to say no to the opportunity. You're going to say no to the interview and that outcome could have been even better than you possibly could have imagined. So don't do that. And number three, I don't want you to make your goal a state of being. A state of being is like happy, excited, motivated. Here's why that's a problem. Number one, you can feel that state of being anytime you want. All you have to do is go back to a time in your life when you were happy or excited and motivated. If you go back in time and you put yourself there and you recall all of the details, you're going to feel happy, excited, and motivated. You don't need to set a state as a goal. You can actually feel it anytime you want. Another reason why it's a problem to have a state as a goal is that it's very ambiguous. It's not clear. Your brain doesn't really know how to solve the problem because it knows that you can achieve that goal anytime that you want. And last, there are never any inspired action steps that come along with a state of being. So you can't really build traction on getting there because there's nothing really that you have to do other than use your imagination. Again, the mistakes you want to avoid. Number one, setting goals for other people. It's not going to work. Number two, specifying super specifically how your goal is going to get achieved because you're shutting down so many other possibilities. And number three, avoid making your goal a state of being. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Soul Urge podcast. Having a podcast has been a dream of mine for quite some time. And it's such a joy for me to come and show up week after week. I hope you feel inspired. Please keep coming back. And I love having you here. Have an amazing week, my friends, and I'll be back next week. Thank you for joining me, Jennifer Hooper, for this episode of the Soul Urge Podcast. To view the complete show notes from today's episode, please visit soulurgepodcast.com. But before you go, make sure you subscribe to get updates on all new episodes. And last, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to let other listeners know about it. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back next week.